Amen. If you don't have it, you can take a look at the screen and let me preach the word to the Lord of the Lord to you. Jesus speaks to his disciples. Let me set it up just for a moment. They ask him, teach us to pray. Luke records that they say, you know, John taught his disciples to pray. Why don't you teach us to pray the way he did, or at least the way you think we should? And so Jesus begins to give him instruction, and, and here's part of what he said, and this is Matthew's account of that same encounter. He says, after this manner, you probably can quote this by memory, a lot of you, right? Feel free, just join in with me. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Do you know it? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, come on, say it, and the power and the glory forever. And say this real loud. Amen. Amen. I want to point especially out today and preach from this second verse, verse 10. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Seems to me like God's already got this thing planned out by that statement alone. God has a way. He has a purpose. He has a plan. And it is already mapped out. Bump somebody right next to you and say, God's already got your life mapped out. You don't have to wonder about answers. You don't have to wonder about direction. God has already got it mapped out. He's already got this world mapped out. He's got existence mapped out. The heavens have already been to the architect table and the plans are already laid out. The problem is the earth. It's the earth that we miss the plan of heaven. And so today, if you'll help me just for a little while, and I believe this is going to minister to you, listen to me. Let me preach to you, where on earth do you want heaven? Where on earth do you want heaven? heaven. The Lord's going to preach to us just for a little while today. Lay your Bibles down. Lift your hands to heaven. Let's, let's ask the Lord that our hearts would be open to receive his word. Help me pray. Come on. Right out loud. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus. Your word is forever settled in heaven. God, we know, Lord Jesus, it never goes out void and never comes back. You, Lord, Jesus, always have purpose and you always have results when your word goes out. So, Lord, we want to get alignment with you. God, we want our hearts and our minds to pay attention, God, to what you are saying to us. We want every preconceived notion, every, every self-taught knowledge, God, let it just abate and, and let it just, God, just go away like a residue with a rain that kind of washes it off. Give us a clean slate in our heart today to receive the word of the Lord that you may do a great work in it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Clap your hands to the Lord and let's give him praise. Come on, somebody praise him for his word. His word is magnificent. It's excellent. Marvelous. Insert your own adjective. It's a great. It's awesome. Praise God. Praise God. The Lord bless you. You can be seated. 
there's probably few, if any of us, that have not heard the phrase or maybe even used the phrase, heaven on earth. But we tend to assign that phrase to very temporal things. It's kind of a funny, funny thing that we humans do. We try to, try to somehow heavenize things that aren't necessarily even spiritual. And really what we mean when we say that is heaven on earth is used by many to describe our best moments, to describe our best experiences, and even the best locations that you can find. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, you find something good. You think about maybe that time, your vacation spot, wherever that is. Maybe it's a boat, maybe it's a lake shore or an ocean side or a mountain, or maybe it's a coffee shop in some quaint city on the Northwest somewhere. You know, whatever your vacation spot is, it's you and your family and that spot. Ah, has anybody ever used the phrase, that's heaven on earth? Just a, a little slight. We, we, we use it for locations and places. We, we also use it for like stuff we eat. You ever notice we make stuff we eat all about heaven? I mean, that's probably the farthest thing from heaven. When, you know, banana pudding, homemade banana pudding. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Man, just a little heaven on earth. We, we, we assign locations, experiences, experiences, things we go through, fun stuff, good stuff, th stuff that, that relaxes us. All of it, we say, is heaven. I, I've heard people even say, you know what? And then this is, you know, they say this, my spouse is heaven on earth. Isn't that sweet? That's really cute. That's really cute until they leave the cap off the toothpaste, right? That's cute until they put the toilet paper on the wrong way. That's cute until they fold the towels incorrectly or something else. And I don't know about you, but if my spouse is heaven on earth and I love her dearly, I'm just telling you, and she would probably, I hope, say the same about me. But I'm just telling you, if that's heaven, there's been some hiccups in heaven. I'm not sure that that's exactly correct. And there seems to be a vast difference in opinion on this, this word, the best, or, or this, this, this phrase of the heaven. I, I started kind of looking around at what the world thinks heaven on earth is, and I found this. Can you pull this up? Uh, he's got, uh, can you pull that first phrase up? Perry's place. Pull up Perry's place. Have you got Perry's place? Is it going to work? It's going to work. Perry's place. Perry's place is called heaven on earth, and that's the subtitle is Perry's place. Let me read you their mission statement there. Its stated mission is to transform the lives of homeless cats through rescue, sanctuary, and new beginnings. Their website touts that so far in just 2022, 691 cats have been brought to this heaven on earth Perry's place. And 470 cats have been adopted into loving homes. Now, folks, I don't know if you're following the math or not. That leaves over 200 cats at Harry, Perry's place. That doesn't sound like heaven on earth to me. It may be to Ma Plue. She'd probably get right there in the middle of them like a ball pit and play all over the place. But to, to me, I don't want heaven. I, if, if cats are going to be in heaven, oh, Jesus, keep them from me. Anybody else with me right now? Lots of things we call heaven on earth. 
I, I saw uh, some, some other places, uh, uh, you know, that, that call heaven on earth. There's all kinds of things that we, we tout to have this, this spiritual essence. And, and we, 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 we look at all this stuff. But, but here, here's what Jesus said. Jesus said we need, we need heaven on earth. That we need to pray for heaven to come to earth. He told him, he said, a prayer that always all, ought to always be on your lips is, thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I'm here to tell you, I think there's lots of things in heaven. In fact, the scripture tells us, Jesus told us that in my father's house are what? Anybody know? many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. And he said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I come again, I'll receive you unto myself that where I am there, you may be also. Heaven's got mansions. I, I read in, in Revelation, this is in my notes, but I got to think about all that's in heaven, streets of gold and gates of pearl and walls of jasper. And there's things that aren't in heaven I'm going to be thankful for. There's no fear. There's no dying. There's no crying. Heaven's got a lot of stuff in it that earth could use. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? But of all those things that heaven can contain, Jesus called out two that he said we desperately need on this earth. He said that when you pray, make sure that you pray these things down from heaven. The kingdom and his will. His will and his kingdom. His kingdom needs to be on this earth. The Bible says that Paul spoke in Romans and said, for the kingdom of God, it's not meat and drink, it's not temporal things, it's not things you can lay your hands on, but it's spiritual things. It's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. His will is very simply what he wants, what God wants, what he wants for you, what he wants for this world, what he wants for every human being on the planet. He said, if you're going to pray, you need to pray some things out of heaven. You need to pray my will, what I want, and you need to pray my kingdom, the results of my will working on the earth. And when God's will works on the earth, let me tell you what you get. You get the kingdom. When God's will works, you get righteousness. When God's will works you get joy when God's word word works and his will works you get peace and it's all in the Holy Ghost when God has his way the kingdom is advanced when he set up his Lord things change in that place somebody say amen Simply put, it's what God wants and the results of his work and folks here's what I've figured out I'm going to get what I point at I'm going to get in my life and I'm going to get in the church and we're going to get in our existence what we point at. C.S. Lewis said this. He said, aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. But if you aim at the earth, you're not going to get either. That sounds like Apostle Paul speaking to the church at Colossae when he says, set your affections on things above and not upon things of the earth. In other words, he says, exercise your mind and point your mind, dispose your mind in the certain direction of heaven. And Jesus said that you have the power to pray heaven down on earth, that you have the authority and the opportunity 
to pray his will on earth and to pray his kingdom on earth. I'm going to stop off here and say we need some more prayer warriors in this day right now. We need some more prayer warriors in this dark hour right now. We need some people that don't have silver hair, that know how to find an altar of prayer and begin to pray heaven on earth and begin to pray the kingdom of God and the will of God into their circumstance. You want to know why so much hell is on the earth? Because nobody's praying for heaven. I pray to God that something would rise up in somebody today and said, I will not take darkness for an answer. There's light available. Heaven on earth. Somebody say on earth. Now that's a big place. That's a lot of space, earth. It's a lot of real estate. In fact, over 57 million square feet. To give you an idea, this whole floor, this top floor of this building is only 13,000 square feet. 57 million square feet of land. And that's only 29% of the earth. The other 71% is covered in water. And he said, pray heaven down to earth. Where on earth do we need heaven? Where do we need God's kingdom? Where do we need God's will? I'm telling you, we definitely need it. We could use it in a lot of places on earth. Come on, somebody. We could use heaven on earth in a lot of spaces. We could use some heaven on earth in some of these war-torn countries. We could use some heaven and earth in Washington. We could use some heaven and earth in our Congress. My God, we could use some heaven and earth in Springfield. Oh, pastor, you're getting political. No, I'm getting spiritual. We could use some heaven on earth in our government. We could use some heaven and earth in this community. Bloomington needs some heaven. Normal is getting some heaven. For the first time, an apostolic voice in normal, this community could use some heaven on earth. We got a school in our backyard. You know, I think that's a great place for heaven to come down to earth. I think that's a great place for righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost to come down. I think every time somebody walks on our campus, they ought to realize, I don't know about everywhere else, but this seems like a place where heaven has come down and it's touched the earth. We could use it in every single service, which is all kinds of places. And your mind is probably going to different places right now. Oh, I know, we could use it here. And, and here's another place we could use it. Your, your mind's probably thinking of, of places where it would be heaven. It would be better if heaven was in charge instead of the earth. But I don't have time to go through all that today. Your ears will not be patient enough for me to state all the places that we need heaven on earth. Neither do I think that Jesus was trying to tell them that they needed to pray over all the earth. I think he was talking to them about their personal earth. I think he was speaking in the context of their prayer. They said, teach us to pray. He said, here's what you need to do. You need to pray until heaven comes down on the earth that you are standing on. I'm here to tell I'm here to give somebody some good news today. You thought where you're living, you thought the earth that you were trotting on, you thought the dust that you were stirring was just not able to receive anything but the situation that you're in. I've come to tell you and come to rise today to preach to you that heaven can come to your earth. It can come to your spot. It can come to your situation that just like you can pray it on anything else, you can pray it on yourself. Look at somebody and say, heaven on earth. 
There's a couple places I think we need to talk about today. That if you were in this place, in your earth, in your spot, in your life, that there would be a dramatic change in what goes on. We need heaven in our house. Look at somebody right next to you and say, we need heaven in our house. And if it's your spouse, say it a little bit louder. We need heaven in our house. I am constrained today to be a little bit controversial and to push you a little bit. And it's by the power of the Holy Ghost and anointing of God. I'm here to ask somebody a question. I want to know today, what is your home filled with? What makes up the atmosphere of your home? What makes up the context of your home? I want to know, is there Hollywood in your home but no heaven? Is there sports in your home but no salvation? Is, are there fights in your home but no freedom? I'm going to tell you there's only one way to build a house on this earth, and that's to build it with heaven's help. If I had anything to tell anybody, it's this, that in your house there ought to be righteousness, and in your house there ought to be joy, and in their house there ought to be peace. And if it's not there, my God, you ought to find a place to pray and pray until heaven comes down in your house oh come on you ought to clap your hands you need heaven in your house you need heaven in your marriage if you think the devil's going to take a back seat and let you just glide to heaven you've got another thing coming but I've got good news for you greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world somebody say heaven in my house One of the reasons why it's hard for heaven to get in your house is because there's too much other stuff. Can't get past the TV. Can't get past the entertainment. Can't get past all the other things that are filling up your time. I'm not trying to tell you any of those are sin, but when they get above God, there's something wrong. There's something out of place. Heaven needs to come down. Somebody say in my house. Proverbs 24 says, through wisdom is a house built. And by understanding it's established. By knowledge shall all the chambers, the room, be filled with all pleasant and precious riches. Jesus even alluded to this living, this living. He's, he, he spoke in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and we call it this, the Sermon on the Mount. But he got done preaching. And he said, here's what it all comes down to, folks. If you don't hear, if you hear the sayings of mine and you do them, then I'm going to liken you. You're a wise man. Why? Because you built your what? Say it again. You built your house. You built your home. And it fell not. You built it upon a rock, which is the righteousness, the peace. And somebody say it's heaven. Heaven in your home. It's the rock that Jesus was talking about. And here's the great thing about the rock. Here's the great thing about heaven in your home. When the rain descends... And the rain is going to descend. It was an allegory for the storms and the problems and the circumstances. When people get out of sorts, when marriages get askew, when kids run crazy, when all kinds of priorities are in the wrong place. He said the house that's built on a rock, when things come against it, it's going to stand. It doesn't matter how much the wind howls. It doesn't matter how much the water rains. It doesn't matter how many clouds are above that house. A house that's full of heaven is always going to stand. 
Man, I got about five of you. I'm preaching to the rest of you that won't come up and say, look, I need heaven in my house. And he had a warning too. He said, if heaven's not in your house, if that righteousness and that word and that truth is not in your house and you can't hear these sayings in mine, I'm gonna liken you to a fool who built his house upon a sand and when the same rain came, the same floods came, the same winds blew, and they beat on that house, and it fell. And I hate these last few words of this because it speaks to the great demise of somebody that will not hear the word of the Lord. And great was the fall of it. Complete was the fall of it. It tore down everything. Listen, if you don't get heaven in your house, I'm telling you what the devil's agenda is. It's to tear down everything in your house. Tear down everything about your marriage. Tear down everything about your kids. Tear down every bit of peace that's in your home. That's what Satan wants. But I'm telling you that heaven stands against it. When you pray heaven into your home, it stands up against every effort that hell has for you. Pray heaven into your house. Because when heaven is in the house, fathers lead and teach. When heaven is in the house, mothers nurture and care. When heaven is in the house, there's still conflict. Look at your wife or your husband right now and say, that's an amen. There's still conflict, but there's still peace. And there's good priorities. Why? Because the kingdom and the will of God have been established in that home. Every, the kingdom is first and foremost. Everything else takes a backseat. Events, pastimes, entertainment, it all goes to the back. And Jesus gets the preeminence because when heaven's in a house, that house stands. Look at somebody and say, we need heaven in our house. Let me tell you the second place I think we need heaven. We need to pray heaven down into earth. That's in our church. We need heaven on earth in this church. There's a reason. There's a reason tonight, today, why we call this room the sanctuary. That's not just a name that we said, well, what are we going to name this room? Let's figure out a cool thing to name this room. No, we call it the sanctuary because that's what it is. There's a rest in here. There's rescue in here. Has anybody been rescued in this room? Come on, there's five. There's some more of you. I want you to testify. Has anybody been healed in this room? Has anybody been encouraged in this room? Has anybody been baptized in this room? Has anybody received the Holy Ghost in this room? Come on, I'm going to tell you what it is. This is a glimpse. This is a size of heaven. We need heaven on earth right here. We need it at 2810 Tractor Lane in this sanctuary. When people walk in, they've got to feel the love, the joy, and the peace that is the kingdom of God. They've got to hear the truth of the word of God. Hallelujah. There's a reason why we call it a sanctuary. Because people find rest here. People get, this is a rescue station. It's a spiritual hospital. Hallelujah. It's all driven by the presence of God. I would love to tell you that it's something as simple as the way that these things are played. Or the way that Chase just hits them drums just right. 
I would love to tell you it's nice and easy. It's about the musicians and it's about the, the intricate harmonies of our praise team. I, I would love to tell you it's about who's sitting on these pews and the prominence that's in their lives and, and what they do and what they don't do. I'd love to tell you it's all about that, but let me tell you what it's really about. Nothing happens here. Nothing happens in this place worth anything spiritually except the presence of God does it. Nobody gets saved without Jesus. Nobody gets healed without Jesus. Nobody gets delivered without Jesus. Heaven has got to come down to earth if anything is going to happen. I say, Lord, we're going to pray it every single service, every single time we come into the house of God. Let heaven come to earth and God do your work. I don't know how to explain it except to tell you this. Praise goes up, heaven comes down. You don't believe me? Just look around for a minute. Don't do it too long because I want you to join in. But you come to any service and you watch. Have you noticed? It seems like, maybe I'm just wrong. I, I know God is everywhere. And maybe this is just me. But it seems to me that there's a whole lot of presence up here. Now, there's nothing magic about this space. I want you to understand that. And I'm not telling you to say, hey, look, if you ain't coming to the front, you ain't, you're not, you know, there's no heaven back there. That's not what I'm telling you. What I'm telling you, though, is there's a lot of praise that goes on in this space right here. And there's a lot of praise. And, and everywhere where there is praise, I promise you, there is presence. I don't care if it's just meager. I don't, I don't care if it's just a little bit. There's a, problem, there's a verse in the Bible that says, Oh, holy one, thou who inhabitest the praises of Zion. There is something powerful that happens in the presence of God when you begin to worship and begin to praise him. That's why it can't be just up there. Brother Melder, has got to be in this pew and that pew and that pew because there's people all over here that need the presence of God. She needs it. He needs it. Everybody needs heaven on earth. I wish somebody would praise him. I can't think of a better way for you to bring heaven to the earth you're standing on. Come on, I dare you. Praise goes up. Presence comes down. Woo! Worship goes up. And the glory... The glory comes down. Heaven on earth. Pray it down. Praise it down. Need. We need his will and his work in this house. We need his truth and his kingdom right here. Jesus even shared this principle with us. He said whether there are two or three, here's the key word, watch, gathered together in my name. Anybody know that? Come on now. Where's my Bible readers? What'd he say? What's the promise? There I am. I just need two. Two or three. Now, that's not an excuse to have two or three. 
Let me just, let me just correct that right now. Well, so well, we just need to get in groups of two or three. No, Jesus was trying to tell you how little agreement he needs to walk into something. He said, I can have a crowd of people, but if I can get two or three that'll gather together in my name, I will not ignore them. I'll come in like a flood. I'll bring all of heaven with me. Come on, is there anybody that says, you know what? I just need one more person. Just, just somebody join me. One more person, and we'll get the glory moving in here. People will be saved, signs, miracles, and wonders. Heaven on earth. Somebody say heaven on earth. No wonder Paul wrote to the church, and I don't know what was going on. I don't know if times were tough, or I don't know if COVID made them all stay at home for a long time. And they stopped gathering or something. Because he said, hey, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as a matter of some is. But, but exhort one another. Boy, that, that doesn't work real well in this society, does it? Paul is telling the church folk to look around and see who's not here. And call them up on the phone. And say, hey, I've been missing you. He said, everybody say, Exhort. Well, that, that just dropped like a lead balloon. Pastor, you're telling people to get up on my business. Sometimes I'm just on vacation. I'm not talking about that mess. I'm talking about the time that you stay out for seven, eight, nine Sundays. You come back in, and we got to give you a visitor card. <laughs> Exhort one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Why? Why would this have so much airtime in the word of the Lord if it was not important for you to be in the house of God? Why would Paul waste valuable space in your Bible if it wasn't important for you to come together with the people of God except that there is something in the heart of God that delights when his people get together? I've got to say, there's something that happens when we're together that I can never get by myself. Because I've tried to have church by myself. I try to have it every Sunday before I get up here. Oh, Jesus. It doesn't work half as well as when I come out here with you all. And all these people are praising and worshiping God. Can anybody agree that it's easier to worship and to touch God when other people are worshiping and touching God? Can anybody agree that once you get everybody together doing the same thing, it's not awkward anymore? It's not weird anymore. It's just Jesus. It's just reaching out to him and worshiping him. He delights in his people getting together. And lastly, let me tell you the last place today that we'll talk about, that we all need heaven on earth. And that is, listen to me closely, you're here. What's that, Pastor? where you're at. You know where you're at? Here. If I, if I looked at my good friend Johnny Carson over here and I said, where you at, Johnny? He'd say something of the sort, right here. He's got a spot. Everybody say, his spot, his spot. is right there. Say, his there is his here. We all have a here. We've got a spot where we're at. We've got lots of places we wish we were. 
But the reality of us is where we're at. It is our here. Now you could take that figure. There's obviously a geographical location, but the, what I'm preaching more to is your spiritual here. You need to pray heaven down into your ear. Here is interesting. It's wherever you are, and it changes. It changes. It, it moves. They say, you, they, they, they tell me, I was talking to somebody this week. We were talking about privacy issues and, and all this kind of stuff, and they were lamenting, lamenting technology. And they said, do you know that as long as you have a phone, that it doesn't matter, you cannot hide. They know exactly where, I don't know who they are, but they know exactly where you are. They know all about what you've been doing and, and what you've been scrolling and, and, and they know what you've been shopping for and, and all the stuff, they, 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 they. They said, if they wanted to, they, whoever they is, if they wanted to, with, any, with the resources at hand, the technology at hand, anybody could find you as long as you had your phone or a device or something that was sending out a signal. You could, they could find them. It doesn't matter. I mean, if they, if they need to. Now, not everybody's got access to that. I would hope. Jesus, help us. But listen, there's at least somebody that could find me, no matter where, Brother Bruce, because of all these satellites and go, uh, 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 GPS and all this stuff. It can triangulate and find exactly where I'm at. And people are like, wow, we've never seen it like this, but I, I would argue that that's old technology, that that's not new at all, that that's been around for a long time, because David said, whither shall I go from your spirit? Where can I flee? David said, from your presence. If I send up to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell at the uttermost parts of the sea, even there thy hand will lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. Here's what it says. Regardless of your here, he is there. And I'm preaching to somebody, you are not lost. You are not alone. You are not by yourself. There's a God. He is the they that you need to worry about. And he knows exactly where you are. And he desires to make heaven a part of your here. He knows your location. He knows you're here. Jesus taught and he said, are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, a penny? And one of them shall not fall to the ground except God knows about it. He said, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't you be afraid because you're way more valuable than a sparrow that he's keeping track of. He's keeping track of you. He's got you on his wrist. He's got you on his screen. He knows exactly where you're at and he's here to inhabit your here. We're not lost to him. We're not unknown to him. We're not unreached for by him. So let me tell you today, if you're here, is not a good place. Or it just simply could be better. God is here to meet you where you're at. Would you stand with me here this morning? The greatest example of here that I could pull from scripture, I think, was from the day of Pentecost. People, that crowd was full of folks that thought they knew where they're at. Others that I believe probably had no idea where they were at. But God's word found them. Found them in their here. And sent them a preacher to preach them a gospel about a Messiah that they had missed. And quite frankly, 
by the context of collective response as a nation. They had killed their Messiah. And Peter preached to them this Jesus that in spite of their error, loved them and actually used their error for their own good. They were convicted. The Bible uses these words. They were pricked in their heart. Now, if you read that, that's in verse, I believe, 37 of chapter two. When you read that, please slow down and realize what was happening. It's what our old timers, when I grew up with this word, conviction, conviction set on them. The realization that they were wrong, that they had missed it. The shift from making excuses for why they were wrong to the realization and the honesty and the transparency that simply they were. They were wounded in their heart. And they asked the preacher, what should we do? Their hearts finally agreed with heaven and said, this is not right what we have done. This life, this here we are at is no good. What do we do with this here, Peter? What do you do with the here that's not right? What do you do with the location spiritually that you live in that you know that's not right? You've heard enough sermons to know it's not. You've got enough conscience in your own self to know that things need to be better. What do you do with that conviction? Because that's what it is. Everything that comes to your mind and comes to your heart, when you compare yourself against the truth of God's word, it is the loving conviction of God to motivate you to act. And there they were. No more excuses. No more reasons, no more hangups, no more arguments. Just what do we do? And Peter said, you do with a here that's no good, what you do with everything else, you bring heaven to it. He said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And then the promise, everybody with me, come on. The promise, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Does that sound familiar? Does that sound like a scripture we read at the beginning of this? What is the kingdom of God? It's righteousness, peace, and joy. Where? In the Holy Ghost. I'm gonna tell you what you do with the here that's no good. You baptize it with the Holy Ghost. You let the kingdom come and the will of God be done. So what are you gonna do with your here? You can walk out with it and it can change. Your spiritual here will probably stay the same. You could change locations. You could change churches. You could definitely change preachers. You can go and search for something that fits your here if you want to. Many are. Or you can just be honest about where you're really at. And you could say the only answer to this is the Holy Ghost. The only answer to this is the power of the presence of God.
is heaven on earth. How should I pray today, Jesus? Pray like this. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it already is in heaven. You need to understand God's plan for you to come to an altar today. In his mind and his architecture, he's already put it out. It's already recorded. It's already heralded. The angels are just waiting for his will to be done and his kingdom to come on your earth as it's already been declared in heaven. Amen. Is there anybody? Maybe you just need to talk to God about your here. Would you step out in the aisle? Would you come to an altar of prayer today or there at your seat, however you want to do it? But would you pray the kingdom? Would you pray heaven to come down where you're at? Come on. Come on. It doesn't matter. You don't have to, you don't have to agree with me. You just need, you need to agree with heaven. Let heaven come down where I'm at. You've got to be part of this here. You've got to touch this here right now. Come on, as they begin to sing, I want you to begin to pray. Lift up your voice. Pray like that. God, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Let it come into my heart. Let it come into my mind. I want all of your kingdom. I want all of your righteousness. I want all of your joy, all of your peace. I want the kingdom. I want your will. Oh, I need a lot of heaven, but God, you told me to pray for your will and your kingdom to come into my life. That's what I'm praying this morning, Lord. Let it be done. Let it be done. Let it be done. Come on, that's it. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Come on, that's it. Lift your hands. Come on, even as we worship, lift your hands. Let praise invite the, the presence of the Lord right where you stand. And he's calling yes, Lord. Me Holy Ghost, come down in this place to today. Holy Ghost, come down in every heart today. Seated in heavenly places, just like heaven. 